My name is Caitlin Schiffer, and you're listening to The Alligator Podcast. I had the chance to speak with three of our reporters on the top stories of this week. Let's hear what they had to say. Okay, our first guest today is the widely popular Elisa Gary, who is on the Metro desk. Elisa, again, thank you so much for talking with me today. So your story this week is on taxidermy. Very interesting concept, um, something we should dive deep into a little bit right now. So tell me a little bit about it. Yeah, so I, last weekend I went out to visit Jack Patton. He owns Wildlife Transitions Taxidermy, which is, you know, a business of his. Um, He learned how to do taxidermy in 2000, so about 23 years ago, um, from a friend. And then over about eight years um, is what he told me. That's when he developed his skills enough to kind of turn it into a business. So it's really something that grew out of a, you know, a love for taxidermy. (laughs) So how did you find this person? Well, I come from a bit of a suburban, urban (laughs) sort of area. So hunting and taxidermy and that sort of culture is kind of, you know, interesting and something I just don't know about. So a couple of weeks ago, I was brainstorming feature ideas and I was like, you know what I've never understood is taxidermy. (laughs) So I went on Google and I was like, taxidermist near me. And then I found his website. His website actually says that he's from Lake City, which was true about a year ago, but is no longer true. Now he lives over in the Big Bend region. So I drove all the way out there about an hour and a half to go visit. And yeah, so the story's been a couple of weeks in the making since the first time I contacted him to my visit to the time when the story was published. It was probably a month or just under a month. So yeah. Yeah. So is this taxidermy? Is it more of a side job, passion? He described it to me as a secondary job because his primary job is as a a firefighter here in Alachua County. So he's part of the Alachua County Fire Rescue. And that's been his main job, mostly because it provides benefits and insurance and all the stuff that a stable job provides. But that doesn't mean uh, taxidermy is definitely the job that he prefers to do, if that makes sense. And it's it's definitely a passion. And um, he he tends to get the most animals to taxidermy around November. So September, October, November, December. And then those animals last him all the way. He gets several clients, you know, up to like 30 deer to do throughout the year. And um, each deer mount goes for about 700. So um, it is definitely a, a side job of his. Well, if anyone's interested in learning about taxidermy, read Elisa's article. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yes, we have Zoe Thomas. She is on the Metro desk. Zoe, thank you so much for talking with me today. So your story, it pertains to jail calls and how there was an ordinance and it was supposed to get passed, but now that the new sheriff is in town, he actually stopped this order. So tell me how you went about this story and who you had to get in contact with and what's being done now. Yeah, so my editor, Sienna, wrote a story in April when the Alachua County Commission passed a referendum that would allow 
people in jail in Alachua to get free and unlimited phone calls. Before that, it was about 20 cents per minute, which can add up. And the free unlimited plan was supposed to go into effect October 1st, so about a week ago. But we do have a new sheriff who was also sworn in on October 1st, and he and the sheriff's office decided they were going to cancel the unlimited plan that they were originally going to do. And instead, prisoners are only going to get three 15-minute phone calls per day. And for the story, I talked to the sheriff's department. They sent me a statement. I talked to the student group that was responsible for writing the original bill back in April and volunteer at the jail who was really helpful and just told me kind of what the prisoners are feeling as this is all unfolding. So as a prisoner who's been locked up for a considerable amount of time, this must be a very disappointing piece of information. What did they convey to you when you spoke to them? <coughs> yeah, the volunteer I spoke with who's been talking to prisoners throughout the jail over the past week just said it was really heartbreaking for them because, you know, when you're in jail, you like they get the paper, they get news, and they knew that this free unlimited plan was supposed to be coming October 1st, and everyone was really excited about it. She described it to me as like, um, like Christmas, like a really big deal. And so when that was changed, they just felt like there was a lot of gray area. People weren't being open and communicative with them. And it was hard, a hard adjustment. So going <coughs> forward now, mm -hmm. is there anything that anyone can do in order for this order to be revised so that the prisoners could get the chance to maybe just even alter this new plan so they could be able to speak to their family members or loved ones with some sort of maybe not like unlimited but just an, an alternative way yeah the sheriff's department told me that they're going to have this plan in place for one month and then they're going to look at the data look at the demand and see how they can adjust it moving forward and eventually the hope is that through gradual steps they can move toward the original idea which was completely unlimited calls but they're just kind of taking it in baby steps and so why did the sheriff change this order what the county commissioner i spoke to anna told me was that it's not a financial issue because they got that all sorted out when they first passed the bill it's more an issue of logistics like they don't want one prisoner to be like hogging the phone and then others like get mad or get like blocked and then like there's fights breaking out something like that and so it's just a matter of like m implementing it in an orderly fashion i think definitely if they developed a system an efficient system <coughs> where they didn't have any breakout fights or anything they could mm -hmm. definitely run this smoothly mm -hmm. so thank you so much zoe really yeah. appreciate your thank time thank you Best guest is Kylie Williams. She is on the Enterprise Desk. Her story this week is on the Lake Alice Watershed Management. And so, Kylie, can you talk to me a little bit about that? So, UF has um, proposed a new Lake Alice Watershed Management plan. So, they hosted three workshops this past month where they invited community members, students, faculty, residents to come give public comment about what they'd like to see change at Lake Alice um, in the next three, five, ten years. And so I covered that and what the future plan for Lake Alice is going to look like. So what came out of these workshops? 
So community members kind of said different things. Some people said they want to see more community involvement, like more picnic tables, more hiking trails. Some people said they want to see uh, less invasive species, less algae in the lake. So this was probably the public comment section. It'll keep going, but the plan will be finished by the end of the spring semester. Regarding these invasive species, are there any nonprofit organizations that are also involved in this change for Lake Alice? Not to my knowledge. I think that Unlitter might get involved a little bit, but it's mostly um, UF and the consulting firm that they've hired, uh, Wetland Solutions Incorporated. Other than that, I think Friends of Lake Alice, which is an advocacy group, the community is always really involved in what happens with Lake Alice. So I know a lot of people, they go to Lake Alice on their weekends when they're off at Mm -hmm. school, so this will be definitely a great change to their experience there. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to this week's Alligator Podcast. To read more of these stories, visit our website, alligator.org, and go to our specials tab on our homepage. Have a great day.